1: Wednesdays at 5pm.
2: Melbourne's Drive Time Radio program featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia.
3: Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855am, 3CR Digital Radio and 3CR.org.au. My name is Kaylin and from the Brainwaves team today we have Susie who will be hosting today's show and our guest today has offered to do our acknowledgement so I'm going to hand it over to Susie now.
0: Thank you Kaylin and thank you to Joe Lowry from Wellways Communications team for connecting us here at Brainwaves to our guest today. My name is Susie and today I will be chatting to playwright Michelle Paul Toomey about how he lives with schizophrenia and about his Debut play at La Mama Theatre in Carlton, where the season begins later this month. Very exciting stuff. The play explores the experience of schizophrenia through the eyes of himself, his carers and loved ones. Schizophrenia is a condition that impacts the way a person thinks, how they feel and how they behave. The causes are varied and complex. It is fairly common and can affect people when they are young. The symptoms can be both psychotic and non-psychotic. However, with good support, people who develop this condition can live very fulfilling lives. Michelle graduated from university in communication and media studies before he was diagnosed and is an advocate on mental health issues, aiming just like us here at Brainwaves to educate, support and destigmatise mental illness. Michelle works to put a human face on psychosis, particularly important as conditions like this are so misunderstood and often unsympathetically betrayed in society and the media. Hello, Michelle, and welcome to Brainwaves. It's great to have me here on Brainwaves,
2: Susie. Um, I'm going to say the acknowledgement to country. Oh, great. We would like to acknowledge that this episode was created on the lands of the Kulin Nation, land of the Wurundjeri people and we acknowledge them as the traditional owners of land which was never ceded. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, and all other Indigenous and Torres Strait Islander peoples.
0: Michelle, before we hear your story, um, can you tell us a little bit about this upcoming play and what dates it airs? We'll go into further details at the end of the show, though.
2: All right, great, Susie. Uh, My first Professionally produced theatre play is at La Mama in North Carlton, and the play is called Little Brother Big Sister. Mm. Our mm. season runs from Tuesday, May 25th to Sunday, May 30th. And I'd uh, like to welcome, i like to invite everyone of your listeners here today to come along to the show. And I have very clear objectives about the play. Um, I wanna show the human faces of schizophrenia, an illness I've suffered for, with for around 20 years. So I'm asking everyone out there in radio land, Is there a consumer, which is of course the word patient, a carer, a member of the medical fraternity, or most importantly, the general public, uh, I'd like to invite them along to my show. And yeah, you'll have a great night at the theater, which is also informative. People who aren't that are versed in what living with schizophrenia is all about.
0: Yeah, well, I certainly intend trying to get there. It sounds very interesting.
2: Yeah, do your best, Susie.
0: Michelle, what was your life like before you became unwell? So we go back to when you were young.
2: Yeah, I lived with my parents and my sister Fiona, but as a younger man, my father was diagnosed with schizophrenia. he only ever told uh, a family member once that that was the case many years ago. So I spoke to my family GP and she suggested that Dad lived with borderline schizophrenia through my upbringing. Um, there was always undoubting love from Dad, but the extremities of his depression and schizophrenia was too much for children and teenage children to understand. He'd go Every month he'd go through deep depression for two or three days and you'd stay away from him and then he'd break down and cry and you'd go and hug him and he'd apologise. That's like when I was a kid. So I've lived with schizophrenia since I was like a young child. And so I lived with schizophrenia through my upbringing and my dad's behaviour, like he, he'd be scared that bosses Find out that he came home from work early, or he'd give nicknames to the neighbours that were derogatory. He was a lapsed Catholic, but he was also very colourful and intelligent in his language. And that's where I get my love of, especially theatre, developing theatre characters. I can look back at my dad and say, Well, you know, you've given me a lot as far as a writer goes. And as a scholar, I did very well in my VCE and I got into communications at RMIT. During that time, I would study for three days. I would do homework for one, and then I'd go surfing down at Bell's Beach three days a week. So I wasn't that dedicated to my studies, but I knew that I had to pass, which I did. So my first professional job was as a journalist for Track Surfing magazine, which is quite a, it's known as the Surfing Bible in Australia. Yes. I lived and did well at uni, but I did suffer from deep depression. And my only way to escape the family home was to go surfing. And that's what I did throughout university. Yet looking back at that family life, there was always an underwriting psychological trauma in the family home that I couldn't escape from.
0: Yeah. um, Your dad, would, would he have been treated? Like, was he on medication, I'm wondering?
2: no. No, I, yeah. I've written that he was on the hair of the dog, Do you know, what the hair yes, of the dog yeah, is.
0: yeah,
2: yeah. When you have a drink the night, when you wake up in the morning, you have another drink. But as a as a professional businessman, he held down a job our entire, entire lives. Yeah. And he has to be respected for that. He just brought his problems home, which, you know, didn't need to happen. Yeah.
0: It, it must it, have been very challenging both for him and for all the family. Um, Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's true. Thank you for saying mm. that, Sue. Michelle, how old were you when your life changed? I was in my early
2: 30s and I wouldn't say my life changed, my Mm. life continued, but the composition of my mind changed Yes. in the sense that I started to become paranoid of people for no logical reason. Yeah. And I started hearing voices, which are obviously medically known as auditory hallucinations. But um, a retired Dr Tony, who I play golf with, I'm quite an avid golfer, Susie, he said to me the most difficult thing treating people with schizophrenia is having them accept that they have schizophrenia. It's taken me over 15 years to accept that fact that I do have schizophrenia. But Now I'm busy with the theatre play, I said to Tony, the retired doctor, look, I've got a lot on my plate. And he said to me, oh, you'll be all right now. You're busy with the theatre play, but as long as you have time to play golf, you'll be all right.
0: Mm. Very good. Um, Do you ever go surfing?
2: I try to go surfing. I know how to paddle out duck dive under the waves,
1: Yeah. but I don't
2: have the strength in my core or my arms to lift myself up
1: yeah.
2: off the surfboard. So I can go out there and and ride the waves quite well, but I ride my surfboard like it's a boogie board.
0: Yes, okay.
2: It means that you don't stand up when you're yeah. on the wave.
0: Yeah. It does. Do, uh, it is probably easier for younger people to do that. Yeah. And I,
2: you know, I'll just explain to you what happened the first time I I was admitted into hospital.
1: Yes, please.
2: I'd gone up to Byron Bay with the uh, ambition of being a massage therapist. And I moved into a house and after a couple of weeks, I found out that the people I'd moved in with were followers of Osho, who's an Indian man, like a prophet in the 1980s. They called sannyasins and I... Jumped out of that house and got out of there as quickly as I could. Yeah. (laughs) When I came back to Melbourne, I went and studied at a Buddhist centre, a Tibetan Buddhist centre, which was quite reputable. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the meditation and the company and everything was going along smoothly. But then through probably doing too much meditation, I became paranoid and I thought the sannyasins were trying to capture me. The who, sorry? The sannyasins were trying to capture me. They're yeah, these, these people who I lived with up in Byron Bay. Oh, okay, yeah. So I had an, a psychotic episode and I ended up in hospital, uh, Upton House, which is in Box Hill, which is a high dependency unit or a psychiatric hospital, as they mm. used to be known.
0: And you were about 30, were you, when this yeah, happened? Yeah, I was about yeah.
2: 31. Yeah. But, you know, good things came out of that experience. It's not all bad. You concentrate on the good and when something bad happens, you just... Have to sit down and have a think about how you can make it not happen again. Mm. But I, I'm, I've been successfully on medication for nearly four years now. Yes. And I see a psychiatrist every four weeks. Yes. And I'm doing very well on that level of care.
0: That's fabulous. Um, and it's good to have such a positive focus in your life as well. And to oh, be, yeah. it must be very validating to have your story, um, um, told. Yeah.
2: It is validating, Susie, when you meet someone who's been affected by your work. Mm. And I had a reading a couple of years ago of this play, Little Brother Big Sister at La Mama, and we had about 50 or 60 people came And so I think a lady's name was Sally. She works for Eastern Health, where I got my care. And she just came and spoke to me, and she was like looking off into the distance. And she said, oh, I was magnificent. You know, my mm. boyfriend came and he didn't know anything about schizophrenia, but he learnt so much and we were just both transfixed by your play. And it's like I was like, Oh dear God. Yeah. And that's validating. Yeah. But I had a dream the other night. A, a lady saw the play and she said, Oh, I like the paintings in it because the sister and brother both paint. Yes. In the play, Michelle and Karen, who's the sister character. My sister's name's Fiona, so it's not based on her. Um, my sister's a filmmaker, whereas in the play, the sister's a painter. But um, yeah, the lady said, Oh, I like the paintings, inferring that she liked the paintings, but she didn't like the play. That's a dream yeah. I had years oh, no. ago. Oh, no. <laughs> I've been told by people in the theatre industry to expect good reviews and bad reviews. But yeah. Diane, the, be buoyed by the happy ones, but don't be discouraged by the negative ones.
0: So or alternatively, right. don't. Alternatively, don't read the reviews. <laughs> I'll read them.
2: You know, I'll put them down if they're bad. But you know, I'll always. I'm sure you can find in criticism. You can find positive. Yeah. That's how I approach. Them.
0: That's wonderful. Now, just going back over what you've been saying, what I'm hearing is that you. You lived with your father who suffered from a um, schizophrenia and then you, your life was pretty normal until you had a really bad episode when you were 30 of psychosis and then you've, you've, you've certainly been in hospital at that time and have you been in hospital since then?
2: Yes. I've yes. probably had a dozen admissions.
0: A dozen? Wow.
2: Upton House in Box Hill and the yeah. Hospital out in Marunda.
0: Yes. And the other thing is um, you've said that you found Eastern Health to be very good, which is nice to hear positive reviews. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I, I actually worked um, as part of a placement at Victoria Court for 12 weeks, and um, what I found was because that was a private facility, the type of patient there was different to what you'd get in a public facility, um, just to do, I guess, for financial reasons. So I didn't have a lot of experience with your condition, although I have a, a loved one who suffers from schizophrenia. Oh, yeah.
2: nice of you to share that.
0: With yeah. Please. And so all, all these years you've been in and out of hospital. What's um, You seem like you've progressed very well to where you are today and what treatments worked the best and what didn't work so well for you? It varies with different people, obviously.
2: Yeah, well, as I said, I've lived with schizophrenia for 20 years, yet I've lived with my dad's schizophrenia for 40. So I used to muse to myself how I could be cured of schizophrenia when it's been in my family my entire life. Mm. But um, I'll just say a great thing that my nurse, Andy, used to say to me many years ago, he'd say there's Michelle and there's the illness, meaning that the person is separate from the illness, meaning if you have good treatment and a good treatment team and family support, then you can lead a vibrant and fulfilling life. Yes. Uh, And I think that's what needs to be understood about schizophrenia. The patient or consumer, as the term is, continues to have a life separate from the illness. Yes. Yes. While I've had acute episodes of psychosis for 15 years, I've still had a life and written in that time screenplays for the screen, for theatre film, and theatre plays as well. So, as I said before, you need to look for the positive and negative experiences. Yes. And I approach psychiatry in that way. Yeah. I believe some of the the practices of psychiatry are archaic, meaning they're outdated, but there are also good things in psychiatry and the good psychiatry is when the doctors say something which is pertinent and it strikes a chord with you and you remember it so when you go off into your life you can say oh Dr. Judith Hope said this or Dr. Sarah Mackie or Dr. Zenia Pramondri said this and Mm -hmm. I can think back to that and it's an escape from allowing the voices to overcome you. Um, Well, you know. As far as as, uh, medication goes, I've been on many medications, but I'm assured and from life experience that the the drug Clozapine is the most, uh, the best and most sustainable drug to allow you to escape your own voices and delusions and fantasies and lead a fulfilling life, like I'm doing as a writer with this theatre play.
0: Yeah, my, my loved one's on Risperdal, um, and that seems to work for them, but they never heard voices or anything like that. All right. Um, so it, it doesn't always manifest in exactly the same way. And no, no. We're Everyone's saying, you know, is different. clearly medical and psychological help, they're key parts of treatment, but I'm gathering from you that you've had a lot of social support and social and community support is vital, isn't it, with um, this condition, really? To- I, I have
2: to say, being a recipient of the National Disability Insurance Scheme has really helped.
0: That's great, yeah. And oh, how, great what sort people. of supports do you get with that?
2: Uh, I have an arts mentor through the NDIS. Her name's Tanya Smith. She's a multidisciplinary uh performance artist. And she's also got a background in uh, arts, working in the arts for people with a disability.
1: Mm.
2: And Tanya and I meet, you know, once or twice a week and we sort of go through what I have to do, like whether it's applying for a grant or doing an interview like this today or or starting a new project, she really helps me find a foundation in living an artist or a writer's life, which she does immaculately with a good sense of humour and a quick wit. Yes. So, you know, we have a great rapport and I couldn't have got here today talking about a theatre play that's being performed without starting work with Tanya and I've had Tanya for coming up Two, two and a half years, I think, we've had our relationship as far as mentor and mentoree through the NDIS.
0: So, again, that's a social support more than a medical support, or but it's obviously a psychological support as well. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's just a support. Whether it's psychological, medical or social, rather than break it down in those terms, it's it's a great support
1: for
2: life. Yeah. Those terms that you've. Brought up, I, I bundle into this idea of life. Yes. I I love phil- philosophically living an artist's life. Yeah. It's, it's um. When I started work with Tanya, I wanted to learn about the business side of art, and that's what I've done from staging a reading through to getting a show put on professionally. To you know, interviewing it, it gives me a lot of confidence, and I hope it it allows me to live a life where I don't. Regress into, you know, suffering from delusions and fantasies. Like, I still hear voices, but I don't listen to them to the yes. extent that I did and create ideas in my head that I know what's going to happen as far as the future goes and things along so, those lines, which, is, which I show in the theatre play, someone with schizophrenia suffers and deals with.
0: Hmm. So, you've sort of got, so you've got, um, a box of strategies that you can, you're able to use, remembering what the um, support people have said to you and that sort of thing that you can pull out when you feel that you're not as well as you should be.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> I'm sort of into philosophy in a great way because it's practical to with someone. You know, the idea. The problem with schizophrenia is that it's such an individualistic experience
1: Yes. that
2: you can't relate to other people. So this idea that I've written a play about where I can relate to other people really turns the coin from a head to a tail or from a tail to a head and it's something that people don't expect. A lot of people wouldn't expect people with schizophrenia. Like I was, when I did have my last episode coming out of it, one of the doctors asked me, you know, how long can you concentrate for when you're writing? And I said, oh, five or six hours. Wow! Like looked at me and went, no, 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 no. I'm writing down in my notes. You're completely deranged and psychotic. But how can you concentrate for that length of time? But you know, it's it's just a skill, and it's a skill that I love. Yes. Yeah. The experience of schizophrenia. The best therapy I've had is something called acceptance, acceptance and commitment therapy. Yes. Where Mm. you sit in a room with five or six other people who have the same diagnosis and then there's a psychiatrist and a trainee psychiatrist and you talk about your own experience and you give emotionally your life story to these other people and it makes everyone sort of nod their heads and smile and have a laugh and, you know, it creates a very warm atmosphere. And I, as I was talking about good psychiatry, there was a doctor in there and he sort of stopped before he said something and thought, should I share this with patients? And he did share it. Mm. it a very warm, very warm, you know, anecdote that he told about his family. And it it really gave, you know, if psychiatrists give something emotionally to people in a, in a good judged way, then you find in the coming days and weeks after that appointment that you've been touched, you know, on a personal level and it it takes the experience out of your mind and puts it through your whole emotional being. Yes. And I think that's what, you know, from acceptance and commitment therapy that psychiatrists can hopefully in the future learn to relate to their
1: clients
2: mm. on a much more wholesome level.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's, that's like, one of the
2: problems with psychiatry. Like another doctor who's who sat in on the acceptance of treatment therapy said to me, "Oh, God, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do because I was on the same level as the patients,
1: mm.
2: and I just looked at him, looked at him, and I thought, just bloody relations with people, mm. you know." That, that's right. But that, you know, one of well, my favourite. Psychiatrist in the play, Dr. Judith Hope, and I wasn't going to use her name, but she was quite warm to me, and I thought, "Oh, Dr. Hope, that's such a beautiful name Isn't for it? a psychiatrist."
0: People often live up to their names. I've found. Um, <laughs> What's my your last un- name. Susie? It's Leech. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear.
2: Yeah, uh, I know. I you know. Live up to being
0: Susie, but not not. Yeah. Don't live up to being. No. Yeah. Sorry. Um, that's all right. Um, it, your story, look, it seems to me that you've really, you're very proactive and you're taking a holistic approach. And my understanding of this condition is that as you get older, it it moderates a bit. Would you say that that's true?
2: Yeah, I think that's like anything in life, but that's a very pertinent thing to say about schizophrenia. i remember that. What you just said, Susie, in the same way I'd remember something positive that the psychiatrist would say to me. Yeah, but um, I, I am on medication, and mm. that does al- the medication I'm on does allow me to have a full life. Yes,
1: there's
2: a, a place it's for a medication. Drugs that works for when you when you take a company drugs with that's when you have the best management. Yeah. So I'm on like two or three, but they've worked for me, for Nelly four years now, so, yeah, the acuteness of my behaviour and, and health has eased since I got old. And old
0: just, hair. look, we, we have to wind up, unfortunately. We could talk all day on this subject, I think, but um, essentially what you were saying about the psychiatrist disclosing, um, there is a place for disclosure and for relating on a personal level to Um, clients or consumers or whatever patients, whatever people want to call them. And you've just um, explained how important that was for you. Yeah. Um, Can you recommend any support groups or organisations for our listeners?
2: Yes, I can. Uh, There's Arts Access Victoria, which is a disability arts body for everyone in Victoria. and I I go down there and interact with other artists Mm. and they have a beautiful Meeting once per month. I think it's on the last or well, the fourth Thursday of every month, either in, on Zoom or in person. And it's called The Gathering and it allows people at, who work at Arts Access and artists to come together, like deaf and disabled artists, to come together and have a one and a half, two hour conversation about art. And it's a great experience. And I'm also just quickly I'm a member of Schizy Inc, which is like an arts collective for people who have schizophrenia and other mental health diagnosis. And we run a Mojo Film Festival, which is on at Acme in May. And we also do... Um, we're also looking into doing a healing farm and we have an uh, art exhibition at the Melbourne City Library. So if anybody out there has... Schizophrenia or a Similar Mental Health Illness,
0: you're most Mm -hmm. welcome to join us at Schizy Inc. Thank you and just finally and we'll have to be very quick, um, can you tell us a little bit more about the play again, just go quickly back over the dates. Um, As the
2: title suggests, Little Brother Big Sister is a play with two actors a brother and sister. The brother's a writer and the sister's a painter yet with the onset of the brother's illness and battle with schizophrenia the sister gives up her vocation of being a painter to become her brother's sole carer. So the play deals with the trials and tribulations of being a person with schizophrenia and being a carer of someone who has this diagnosis. Yeah.
1: So,
2: uh, I, and The rehearsals it, have been going great, and I'd just like to invite all the listeners with brainwaves to come along and enjoy Little Brother Big Sister at La Mama from next Tuesday, May 25th, through to Sunday, May 30th.
0: Fabulous. Look, Michelle, it's been terrific having you on our show, and I know that you've got a lot of media appointments, so please accept our thanks for sharing your story on Brainwaves. Um, thank you for all your work educating and destigmatizing this condition. Um, I always feel that people who talk about their own experience of mental illness are particularly courageous. Um, and your story definitely demonstrates how one can live a fulfilling life with, as, with the necessary support, and I'm sure it's going to give a lot of hope to people. Thank you, Michelle.
2: Oh, thank you, Susie. Thank you for Dan. having me on Brainwaves, and, yeah, just everyone who has a mental illness, just be positive, and I know both probably hope everyone gets through it without too many troubles.
3: Yes, thank you. Thank you, Michelle, for coming on the show today to share your story with our listeners. We really hope that everyone enjoyed today's show. Uh, You can also find more of our shows on the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au or on Spotify, or wherever you happen to download your 3CR podcast. Um, And now, if you have a story to share, or if you want to give us some feedback or suggestions for shows in the future, we would love to hear from you. So please, please, please send us an email at brainwaves@wellways.org. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Please stay safe, and we'll be back next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR.